Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 179 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week and my co-host is... Gray, how are you doing? Hey, yes, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> good, good. What have you been doing recently? It's been about a month, I think, since you were last time. Oh, on. yes, I've been throwing myself full into the winter of my teaching. Um, yes. I spend a lot of time at work at the moment because obviously it's the start of a new term. But what I have been enjoying is teaching some of my year 13s about how to make podcasts. Ah. With, you, with your help, Dave, thank yes. you so much for being my guide. And <laughs> your email came in handy when I was, I was telling them and I've played clips of geek town to them and they they look at me wide-eyed and like oh that's you sir and i'm like yes that's good that's yeah. good well i hope they're enjoying it hello to yes. any of uh, any of great students that are listening <laughs> um so tv wise i have been fully into a lot of my binge watching it's the times when i'm mostly watching tv on the train or sneaking away at a weekend to try and watch things um i finally finished succession um that was our the sky atlantic show yes uh, a bit late to the party um a lot of mixed reviews for that people said it they found it really slow and dry but i thought it was just a really well performed piece yeah the characters are all horrible characters they're all very negative and <laughs> yes yes they are i, I yeah. still haven't quite got to the end of it yet uh i i just other things got in the way i need to go back to it but uh i, I was enjoying it i yeah. i thought it was good brian cox is great yeah. in that the not the actor one not the science one <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was it, he was a horrible character you oh, know, yeah. Horrendous. and i really disliked him and then killing eve i mm. that was just i was speaking to someone at work about that today and it was just Brilliant. a really good show and i can't believe the second season's not far around the corner it's uh it's on its way and will go straight to bbc one i've heard so that's really good news. Yes, um, yeah. I hopefully that will come round because they they left it quite a while before they got it last time. So hopefully yeah. that's going to come round a bit quicker. I finally finished Happy, and I know that you've been speaking on the podcast, and I want to say well before the summer, um, and I think it might have been to Matt or to Ross. It was to um, Bex actually. Bex is the big one. Yes, but you know, bonkers, and I really got into it in terms of like I'd slowly been you know, like an episode a month sort of thing, yeah. and then finally I did the last four in about three days very dark very gritty but very funny as well and i found myself laughing out loud at some of it but no yeah. really enjoyed that um and this weekend i just finished atypical um oh. really well put together so that was my stuff i finished yes uh, i 
Dore typical. It's one of the best comedies on TV at the moment. I really love that show. Um, I hope it's getting a third season. It's got a really good. I, it's got a way to go. I think with that. I, so. I, I'm not sure whether it's officially been renewed, but I'm fairly sure it will be. I'm currently got lots on my to watch list, and I won't talk much about them because I'm only one or two episodes in for a lot of them. Uh, Big Mouth. I'm two episodes in. American Vandal. I'm three episodes in. Love this series. Oh, I didn't think they could do better than the uh, last one with the graffiti on the car but this was just a brilliant uh, The Good Doctor I started watching last week I, I love that I think it's a really good program it's a great series uh, Taskmaster um, any Taskmaster fans out there I can't get enough of this series I, I'm literally as soon as the, the episode is aired I'm downloading it and watching it it's, uh, it's uh, got Rod Gilbert and James Acaster in and for some reason there's just a really good mix of like comedians this time around um, and then bizarrely like I haven't got enough to watch Dave I decided to find this program on BBC4 at the back of the iPlayer <laughs> called uh, Mystery Road and uh, I downloaded episode one and thought I'll give this a go and I'm hooked I'm only two episodes in but I just really want to carry on watching it and it's, it's an Australian drama oh um, it's that one yes yeah, yeah. I, and um, it's just it's quite a dark drama and I want to know what's happened so um, yeah two episodes in I'm going to be binging my way through the rest of those at half term which is soon upon me yes it's a it's a spin-off of a movie that oh I didn't know that there was there was a, uh, a, a film made by the same guys I think there was a film originally called Mystery Road which is an Australian film and then they made a TV series about it as well yeah so then I've left loads of things on my waiting list uh, about to start season two of 911. Uh, I want to start watching Happy Together and Big Bang. I'm not a huge fan of Big Bang. I thought it really lost its drive. Yeah. I want to see it out. It's the last season. Exactly. So why yeah. not? Um, and Making a Murderer, I just. I'm so tired at the end of the term. It's just not something <laughs> I can focus on. And all the pe- I saw someone yesterday and they were like, they're watching it and someone's tweeted they're watching it. And I'm like, right, that is a half term. There's going to be a day I'm going to put myself aside, concentrate. And I'm going to yeah. be making a murder of season two. Yeah. Um, so those are my waiting lists. And obviously, I'm still a very bad film reviewer. I just haven't. Yes had the moment to get out um but i did i pushed myself to go out this weekend my niece um is was around and she's over from america and for some reason we decided to go and watch johnny english strikes again so as a result i'm going to stay in a bit longer and not go out to see any more films <laughs> was it that bad oh dear it just uh, i can understand why it was funny but it was a children's movie yeah. it was mr mr bean and i know i remember watching the first two many years ago and, and i you know there was a bit of adult humor and a bit of you know and it was quite well yeah. reasonably well done but this was just all for children kids right. laughs and things like that so. yeah i don't think i've seen a single johnny english movie it's never i mean i love rowan atkinson but i i like him in the sort of straight comedy and the blackadder stuff i i was never a huge fan of mr bean although i understand the popular appeal and the johnny english thing just never appealed to me at all so just a bit odd yeah so i won't be going to cinema again although i am absolutely desperate to go and see a star is born i also yeah. want to go and see widows which is out the week after next and good times the el royale or was it yes. bad times the el royale yes. um also very keen to see that so 
that's pretty much me. So, Dave, what have um, you been doing? <laughs> well, I've got Daredevil, obviously, started again, third season of that. Interesting opening few episodes, because you're, you're in a position where Daredevil isn't kind of Daredevil again because of the events of, of the, well, actually the Defenders rather than the last season. After what happens in the Defenders, he's sort of rebuilding himself again. So you're back to him not being in the suit. I don't think this is giving anything away because it's in the season three trailers. So you're back to him not being in the suit. He's back to, to the sort of black outfit with the black hood thing and starting again. The whole thing is based around the Born Again storyline from the comic books. That's the sort of underlying sort of spine of it. But I, mm. I think it's probably altered quite a bit from that. You have got uh, Wilson Fisk back in there. So you've got Vincent D'Onofrio back as, as the big main villain, which is always good. I, I, I mean, I have sort of mixed feelings about the pacing of it I think uh, this time round it seems a little bit slow I want it to be speeding up a bit but I have to say from the cinematographer point of view they've uh, there's some incredible stuff you know they had this thing in the first couple of seasons of fight sequences which were sort of all one take or designed to look one take fight sequences shot yeah. down a corridor and it sort of blew that up a lot in one of the episodes and there is almost a sort of 20 possibly even 30 minute sequence of the episode which is a one shot fight sequence it's a phenomenal phenomenal piece of, of oh, uh, cinematography I did um, love that first season's fight scene I, I remember going in and telling all my colleagues about it at the time like you've got to go and watch this the, the one shot element is just phenomenal yeah the the one shot fight sequence thing is, is back in a very big way this time around there's uh, one particular episode that has this long extended fight sequence in it it's just brilliantly done there's other bits as well where they're playing around with the cinematography where uh, there's a, a point where Fisk is reading some files about the history of somebody and the way they've staged it is almost like a stage play as he's sort of reading it so they're playing out elements from that he's reading from the files but inside Wilson Fisk's apartment. It's very cleverly done. Um, mm. and, and I like what they're doing from the cinematic side of things. I just wish it was going a little bit quicker than it is currently. I'm about halfway through that season at the moment, so I am enjoying it, though. Over on the uh, the opposite side, you've got uh, The Flash, which also started back this week. Very much enjoying that. It's it's pretty much you know The Flash as you know it, but uh, you've got the addition of Excess this time around, which is uh, is the new character they brought in. Spoilers if you haven't seen the end of the last season of The Flash, but I think this is fairly well known. It's uh, it's Barry and Iris's daughter is that mm. character. She's shown up and uh, it seems to be sticking around for, for this season. So they've got another speedster in. It's fun. I love those series. You know, it's still going strong, I think, at a fifth season. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. It's difficult to judge it after one episode. And Making a Murderer, I did start first. I'm, I'm about an episode and a half in at the moment. And uh, very much enjoying what they're doing with that and sort of catching up with that story. Still really not seen anything that will convince me that they got the right conviction. Uh, you know they got the conviction right which is basically what the first season was about they do address some of the controversy around the whole documentary itself which is kind of interesting you know because there was after the documentary came out the prosecutor had come out and said well yes but they didn't show this bit of evidence or that bit of evidence you know there were things that it was very biased Uh, and they do address some 
some of that this time around as well. So they do that in the opening episode. So it, it's kind of interesting. As I say, I'm only I'm very very early into that. I'm only sort of an, an episode and a half in. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see where they kind of go and what effect this has when it comes back to because the whole thing sort of feeds itself, you know, because mm. it gets publicity from the documentary, which puts pressure on the people to do something, and then it sort of comes back, and then you know if they come back for a third season, it's that will obviously be following on from the additional pressure that they've got from this season so we'll we'll see what happens so those have all been really good and uh, the other thing i did this weekend was went to destination star trek which is a big star trek convention in uh, birmingham that they run every year loads and loads of people from various iterations of star trek a lot of deep space nine next generation people there this time around we did get to speak to them so uh, later on in the show we'll uh, have some interviews with some star trek cast they also had the people from discovery there but we didn't actually get to to talk to them they did a big press conference we didn't actually get to have any conversations with those guys a couple of reasons one they'd just done a big press conference in new york a few days earlier and that had all been embargoed and if they'd done a press conference with us and we'd started tweeting and sending stuff out that would have kind of overwritten all the stuff that was embargoed in new york so and the other reason they they uh, didn't want us talking to them was the fact that they literally walked offset got into cars got on a plane got out of the plane got into cars and driven to the nec in birmingham and walked on stage they literally had left the set and come straight to birmingham so they were incredibly jet-lagged and i think they were a little concerned about what they were actually going to say if we'd actually asked them questions (laughs) so uh (laughs) we got to see the we got to take photos and stuff but and and they did do some stuff later on during the weekend they they did panels for for fans and stuff Mm. but uh just at the press event because i was only there for the friday at the press event they didn't let us actually do anything but the uh the event itself slightly smaller than i thought it would be but you know lots of stalls selling various bits of of star trek memorabilia people wandering around in star trek cosplay you got <laughs> uh they got a full replica of i think it was quark's bar they had the original bridge replica of of that they had a a uh, replica of the enterprise d bridge as well which is the classic one from the next generation and you could go get your photos taken on sat on the bridge and stuff yeah it was very cool and and there were some big people there like uh, william shatner was over i i didn't get to talk to him i he walked past me but uh, i didn't get Aww. to actually ha- have a conversation with him unfortunately so what well, uh, massive geek out that must have been must yes have been yes a... it's like that's william shatner <laughs> um, so yeah it, i mean it was it was good fun it was great fun and uh, it was great being able to talk to the people but um i didn't get everybody that i wanted to talk to but it was nice to be able to talk to a few of them so uh, so that was all good fun but, yeah there'll be more going up on the website from that and as i say we've got interviews coming up later on in the show so uh, that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's yep. move on to some TV and film news. So, TV and film news this week. We'll start off with renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, after last week, they, we got the news that they'd cancelled Iron Fist. They've now cancelled Luke Cage. Oh, <laughs> well for the old daredevil you were talking about. Yeah, um, this is interesting because it's, it's hard to gauge exactly what's going on over there. We don't know whether they're actively pushing to, to stop this Marvel-Netflix team-up, whether they're all going to go over after the next seasons. Well, or- the 
Disney stuff is still, you know, with the streaming service that potentially yeah. will come here, you could look at it that way, couldn't we? Yeah, I mean, Disney have said that that streaming service is going to be worldwide, uh, although they have said that there won't be anything past what they refer to as a PG-13 on there. So it's not like they can take these shows and move them onto that service because all of these are 18 series or 18 rated series. So they yeah. they can't move them across onto that. Oh, don't um, try and reboot them. I hope they don't try and reboot, like doing no, Luke Cage for PG-13. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, arguably, you could maybe do something, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are a couple of possibilities. Now you've got Luke Cage and Iron Fist cancelled. They have said that those characters will show up in the other shows. They are still part of the universe you could have used the thanos excuse and have them like half of the defenders disappeared as the thanos snap very true very true i I don't think they're going to do that what what they've basically said is the characters will still appear in the shows they're just not going to have their own shows what you could do is you could create a power man and iron fist series and team luke cage and iron fist up but the problem with that is where you left the characters at the end of their respective series which I'm, I'm not going to go into because people may not have seen the second seasons of those, but mm. it's difficult to just pick those characters up and shove them into a season together. So I kind of don't see that happening. So I I don't know. I don't know whether we're going to see more of them in other things or, I mean, they, they say the characters are still around, so whether they're just going to crop up, I, yeah, I honestly I mean, don't know. Are they doing another Defenders? I mean, no. Uh- no, no, that doesn't seem to be the case anyway. That was where, where everyone would think they would naturally crop up next because obviously they're both being part of that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a mysterious. It's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, they've still got Jessica Jones. They've definitely got another season of Jessica Jones. They've got Daredevil, which has just been released. They've got Punisher, which is coming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those three seasons are, well, Daredevil's out. Jessica Jones is, is definitely happening. I think he's been filmed. And Punisher, I think, has been filmed. So that is all happening. Um, uh-huh. What happens after those seasons go out is anybody's guess at the moment whether they're going to just run the whole thing down or whether we're going to get something like i say a team up series or, or something new come out or whether we just that's it i it's so hard to say you've also got to look at from next netflix's point of view they now own things like miller world the mark miller comics mm. uh, they bought miller world uh, last year or earlier this year so they've got a bunch of comic book adaptations coming through from that they've got various other comic book adaptations coming out it's not going to have the same branding as you know something like marvel but then they've picked up titans from dc you know they're mm. going to be running the titan series in the uk so maybe if they're going to pick up the rest of the dc series there's not really as much need for them to have this marvel stuff don't know what's going to happen with the others we'll have to just wait and see whether whether the others are going also on netflix uh, orange is the new black is going to come to its end with its seventh season as well they've announced which i i think seven seasons is a good run for it and yeah. uh, given that piper wasn't supposed to be inside for that long i i think they're sort of at a point where last season felt like it was a sort of penultimate season and you know so i can see why they're ending it here it sort of makes sense i love the show but i think it's probably the right time to bring it to an end better to do that than run it into the ground i think mm. yeah yeah also on netflix disenchantment which is matt Goering's series that's been renewed for 20 more episodes so people are saying two more seasons because yeah think that would make unless they've increased second season to 20 but 
Yeah, I think it's more sensible to have it two more seasons. I think you've had five episodes go out. There's another five coming out next year. Then there's going to have 10 more in 2020 and 10 more in 2021. Okay. So you're going to have a lot of that coming up. So uh, mm. that's good for fans of Disenchantment. They've announced a air date for uh, Counterpart Season 2 just for uh, your advanced diaries that's coming out on the Amazon Prime channel Stars Play on the 9th of December I think that's that's the day after or could actually be even be the same day as it's launching on Stars in America so I, I think it's actually the same day so technically we'll get it before Stars in America do um, well it's 8am as well yeah so it's it's going out like because I'm sure it's going out that Sunday evening in America mm. I mean it may go up on their streaming service over there earlier but it sounds like they're launching it worldwide on the same day which is awesome so that's good and then a couple of uh, smaller news stories Uh, Lex Luthor apparently is going to arrive in Supergirl for season four Um, so they're they're sort of building up the uh, various elements of Superman because we know we've got Lois Lane coming in this season Mm -hmm. in the crossover event we've already got a Superman there are rumours that they are there was one of the sites who haven't always got it right in the past but uh, one of the sites has has posted a thing saying that they believe that there is talk of a Superman series in development. I find that hard to believe. I mean, I'm not saying they're definitely wrong, but I find that unlikely because I don't know why you'd have a Superman series if you already got a Supergirl series. Yeah, and we, I, do we need one? Do we need not one? Really? I mean, I you know, I, I love that iteration of Superman. I think he's great. You know, I think Tyler's fabulous in that role. I, I just, it seems like an odd thing to pick up. You know, I understand the desire to have a Batwoman series on there. You know, that sort of makes sense because they haven't got any members of the Bat family. But mm. a Superman and a Supergirl series seems a bit off to me. So yeah. I do wonder whether they heard about the Lex Luthor casting and put two and two together and got five, possibly. That may be where the rumour came from, but I don't know. The main character they focus on is obviously Lana and her relationship. Is it Lana Luther? Yeah. Yes. The sister. The sister. So they mainly focus on her like relationship with Supergirl and the whole agency. So I I imagine if we're introducing it, it's going to be a lot more about the dynamic between the sister and brother. Um, Could very well be. Yes. I think I could imagine the storyline. I hope the storyline would go down that because Lex never really battled Supergirl. Lex was Superman's villain, but I'm hoping that they're bringing the character in to be developing that character a little bit more. Yeah, um, I mean, Supergirl and, and Lex at various points have had quite a lot of interaction, actually. Although although he's mainly known as a villain of Superman, Supergirl has, has had interactions with him mm. fairly frequently, so he's one of those people that does actually cross over. But yes, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be more that brother's sort of sister thing, the fact that he's basically, he was let out of prison and she's tried to turn the company around to be something good and Lex suddenly going to turn up and probably ruin that so that's going to be an interesting to see see what they actually do with him he's going to be a recurring role apparently oh. and they've also announced the new Top Gear lineup uh, Paddy McGuinness and Freddie Flintoff will be joining Chris Harris in Top Gear so do with that what you will <laughs> well I just think that that 
Freddie Flintoff's agent is a very good man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the things he has got since he sort of turned his hand to like acting and presenting is just phenomenal. It just I remember in the summer, last summer, it just appeared in everything. He had that yeah. six part series on BBC as a, yeah. in a drama and he was hosting an ITV primetime sort of adventure yeah, show. And, and uh, isn't he on Sky One's uh, sports thing as well? Yeah, so. he's on, yeah, he's a team captain on there. And I just think, you know, well done, Freddie's agent. You you are yeah. a good guy. You, have, you doing, have served him well. Definitely doing a good job. I mean, so uh, you will notice that that means Addy, Freddie and Chris are the main presenters. That leaves uh, Paul Rory Reed is has been booted out of the main show. He's not gone okay. entirely. He's going to still be presenting Extra Gear, which is the show that he, he, I, I think he actually did that by himself anyway. So um, he's still doing that. He will act as a sort of backup additional host on the main show as well, along with Sabine Schmidt who is also in that role as a sort of additional host when they need more people. The reaction, I think, has been mixed, I think is probably fair, from what I can uh, see online. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Paddy and Freddie will be an interesting duo to have on there. It feels like it might gel a little better with the three of them, because, I mean, I like Rory. I think Rory's a great car guy. I'm not entirely convinced that the the chemistry was ever right between Chris Rory and Matt and mm. Matt LeBlanc, so uh, yeah, Matt announced back in May that he was leaving. So yeah, that didn't come as a shock. But um, I don't know, Freddie, Freddie and, and Paddy seem like an interesting. I, I mean, think it's going to be, be more, laddie. more comedy. It feels yeah. like more entertainment if those two have doing. Yeah, that, I, so. I, I think so. But they are both people who've. I mean, they've had huge amounts of cars. They're both big car guys. They're not car reporters, but they are big car enthusiasts. Yeah, they're so, passionate about cars. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be interested to see it. I think it, it could work. They may end up putting more challenge stuff in there which I think might work a little better because some of that's felt a little bit flat since the other guys disappeared. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But that is going to be the lineup. There is one more season to come with uh, Matt, Rory and Chris. That's going to go out early in the new year. And then the other three guys will start filming and that's going to go out later next year. That's to look out for. On to uh, bigger news stories. ABC have given a pilot order to an NYPD Blue sequel, apparently. Now, I mean, NYPD Blue, obviously, huge, huge mm. police show uh, from the uh, US. One of the sort of fathers of the big police procedural, I guess. The new show will follow where Theo, the son of Dennis Franks's detective Andy Spikowitz, they did apparently offer Dennis Franz the opportunity to make an appearance in the uh, in this new sequel, but he's he's basically retired at this point and yeah. he's in his seventies. Then he said, "Nah, <laughs> yeah, lovely of you to offer. Best of luck with the series, but I'm not interested in coming back." So uh, the character of the son apparently did appear on the original show, played by a child actor called Austin Majors. So it's a connection to the old series, and it does mean you can bring some of the old faces back if you want to do that. Mm. The sequel comes from um, a guy called Matt Umstead, Nicholas Wooten and Jesse Boschko who is son of the original co-creator of the series Stephen Boschko who uh, actually died earlier this year unfortunately but uh, apparently before he died he I think he had cancer and he actually, they, they talked about this and he gave his blessing for them to do it 
So um, it's got the stamp of approval from the original creator. Jesse has actually worked as a producer and director on things like Prison Break and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Murder in the First. The other two guys were involved in the original series. They've worked on Chuck, Prison Break and uh, Scorpion as well and the Chicago mm. franchise and Lie to Me. And so, yeah, they've got a good set of things around. Good CVs. <laughs> yeah, Original show ran between 93 and 2005, ran for 12 seasons and 260 episodes, nominated for 84 Emmys. Wow. So I remember this vaguely, like in the late sort of like 90s. I remember, I think a lot of references to it through other shows. And I remember Sipowicz being like a mentioning in jokes and things like that as I was like seeing a US comedy. Uh, But I don't think I ever watched a season, but I just know it was very good, very well received and yeah yeah it spawned people like uh, david caruso jimmy smith were in it mark paul goslier was in it as well for, for the last few seasons so it had fairly big names in the cast you know fairly well-known people in the cast so um yeah i mean it's a interesting one interesting one to to sort of dig back up i guess you know and mm. i like the but i like the fact that they're not looking at rebooting it i like the fact that it is definitely a sequel it's a sort of continuation of of the original show new characters it's going to be more modern obviously but it's it's taking all the elements that made the original thing because one of the things that it was highly praised for was the fact that it was very dark and very gritty and was a, a far more honest portrayal of the life of of the cop you know yeah uh, and and didn't gloss over things as much so uh, I, I yeah i think it, it could be interesting and a little different to some of the other stuff out there moving on uh cw we're moving back to and uh, they are developing a female-led comedy based on oscar wilde's the picture of dorian gray <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean it's one of those things that you go really and then it, it actually sort of makes sense i mean i can see where there's a comedy element in this comes from uh, actress and writer marissa clocklin who starred in boston legal and she was in bones dorian follows a woman who made a deal with the devil 50 years ago to remain young and spent the subsequent decades living selfishly and without confidence as the downside of eternal youth finally lands on her dorian is ready to grow up and age gracefully but to do so she'll have to make amends for half a century of bad behavior it's an interesting idea i think and i can see where the comedy might come out of that it's a female-led comedy it has sort of a an element of good place to it comedies like the good place and maybe some of the other cw comedies you know there are i i can see threads that they are pulling with that uh and dorian gray is i mean that character's been used on so many different things i mean not only have there been direct adaptations of a picture of dorian gray dorian gray's been used in penny dreadful he was used in lead of extraordinary gentleman the uh 2003 film in made into various adaptations as far back as 1910 so it's been around it's different to make this version i don't know cw younger yeah. audience introducing it to an older text so yeah well, potential there yeah and uh, as i say marissa clocklin mainly known as an actress from things like boston legal and super trooper were things she was involved in but uh, has written a few things as well so we'll have to see what happens with that again it's in development so may or may not move forward the nypd blue sequel has a has a pilot production 
commitment. So it means there will be a pilot for it. But again, if they hate it for whatever reason, I can't imagine they will. But if they hate it, it might not go to series. But I think mm. that's probably a strong contender to go to series. Yeah, it will, probably will, won't it? So. And uh, more developing stuff. NBC are developing a female-led Grimm spin-off series. This got a bit of a mixed reaction. A lot of people seem quite positive about it, but they were sort of saying, oh, well, can't you just bring the old show back? And well, yes, you could, but then the actors are probably on, some of them are definitely on other things now. Yeah. So you can't directly bring the old show back because the actors aren't there to do it. I think this is probably the next best thing. I mean, they're calling it a spin-off, but it is sort of sounding a bit like a continuation. They're saying the new show will build off the mythology of the original series and will feature returning fan favourites while also introducing new characters, new dangers and new mysteries. That's the sort of premise of it. It's coming from the writer-producer behind uh, Leverage, Y5O, Beauty and the Beast and Zoo she worked on, uh, Melissa Glenn. The premise will take a female Grimm rather than a male Grimm, possibly a police officer, but uh, not entirely confirm that. You could bring people like Monroe back, uh, Rosalie. So you could bring some of the old cast back that are still around, assuming they're not working on other things. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm okay with this. I think this is, this is perfectly fine. Um, I, I don't know whether it's going to be a new character that they bring in. There was one female Grimm on the original series, which was uh, Trouble, played by uh, Jacqueline Taboni. She would be great as, as a lead, I think, in this, and it's a character we already know. So you could do that. You could use her. You could find a completely different Grimm and, and do it that way. But yeah, I, I think it's, as long as you're keeping it connected to the original show and just doing something a little different with it, I'm fine. Mm. Well, I gave up on Grimm um, probably season two or season halfway through season three. Um, So I don't know. There was part of me that I was trying to balance that and Supernatural at the same time. And I was like, I can only really focus on one Supernatural thriller. And then I know Grimm got messed around in the schedules in the UK. Right. um, Yeah. And it sort of got thrown everywhere. So I sort of lost favor with with that sort of genre for a bit. So I don't know. You know, as then, you know, NBC, come on, are there any original stuff? <laughs> stop, stop spinning off. Stop trying well, to well, find. No, it's NBC. Of course, there's yeah. nothing original. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think of all the properties they could bring back, this is a, an interesting one to, to pick up. Um, again, currently only in development. It may not go anywhere. They may not take it even to pilot. It's, we don't know at the moment. We'll have to yeah. wait and see. So, yeah, that's all the news we've got for this week. Next, we'll move on to the interviews. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So the interviews this week are with various members of the cast of uh, Star Trek. Uh, we've, I think we've established before you're not a huge Star Trek fan. I, I am not. I wasn't brought up on the Star Trek, I'm afraid. No. So, uh, so yes. So this this will probably mean very little to you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, so uh, as I mentioned, we got to talk to 
various people from uh, Star Trek, from various iterations of Star Trek. Uh, Iris Stephen Burr, who was the exec producer and showrunner on Deep Space Nine. Marina Sirtis, who played Diana Troy, the counsellor on Next Generation. Got to talk to Armin Shimmerman, who played Quark. Terry Farrell, who played Jadzia Dax. Nana Visitor, who played Kira Nerese on uh, Deep Space Nine as well. I'm not going to put all the interviews up on here because that would take up an awful lot of space on the podcast. So I'm only going to put a few of them up. Uh, we're going to kick off with uh, Marina Sirtis, who, uh, as I said, played Diana Troy, the counsellor on Next Generation and uh, in the Next Generation movies. She was really lovely. Some of you might not realise she's actually British. Uh, so don't let the accent surprise you when you first uh, hear it. But uh, I, before I go into this, just want to say, give a bit of a shout out to the people on the Star Trek subreddit on uh, on Reddit because they were really useful. I put a question up there saying anybody want to ask any questions of some Star Trek cast and they gave me a bunch of questions for that. So if you're listening to this, thank you and uh, hopefully you'll hear your questions in there. So here's the interview with Marina. I hope you like this. We've got more coming up afterwards. <laughs> Lovely to talk. Hello, Dave. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you, too. First of all, how are you enjoying the, the con so far? Well, Not that I expect to well, see two minutes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I do this con a lot, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of my favourites. I just get to come home, so... Oh, well, yes, that's, that's yeah. true. Do you wish that there were things that they could have done with your character on the show that they never found time to do? A lot of that was my fault. Right. Because I would always say to the writers, you know, well, you know, what does she do? What's her hobby? What, you know, what, what's her, you know, what, 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 ask questions. And they would say, well, what do you want to do? Yeah. And I would say, well, I'm an actress. You're a writer. Think <laughs> of something. And of course, that wasn't the right thing to do. So, you know, like everything's a learning experience. Yeah. I, I just assumed, I mean, in England, no one ever asked me what I wanted to do. They just right. said, this is what you're doing. Yeah. You know? So I wasn't used to that, that American way. Yeah. So consequently, there was a lot of things we dealt... We literally didn't know anything about her past, oh, apart yeah. from that she had a mother. Yeah. Right? So the people who did come up with stuff, like Brent and Gates and Bob Picardo on Voyager, oh, yeah. the writers actually liked it because they're writing for seven characters and a bunch of guest stars every week. Yeah. And it just makes their life easier if you come up with something. Yeah. So uh, my next series, I'll know better. Let's put it that way. I, I just wish that I had been a little more in tune to the way it worked in America. In terms of sort of backstories and motivations and that sort of stuff, there was something I think Jonathan had said that you played the, the characters as though they'd sort of always been secretly lovers. Yeah, we, we, played, we played that there was a relationship, yeah, yeah. whether it ended up on the cutting room floor or not. Yeah. A lot of times, obviously, it did end up on the cutting room floor, but it turns out that we were right to keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, as we ended up getting married in the last movie. So we were determined that um, we were going to maintain some kind of relationship between the two of us throughout yeah, the series. Yeah. Yeah. No, yes, makes make sense. And, and in terms of the character's evolution as well, I mean, you, you talk there about you having to sort of, or them asking you for, for things. Did you find that the writers would start writing more about how you're playing the character as an actor as the sort of show went on and they got to know you more? No, because I'm nothing like the character right, okay. at all. I mean, I, people say to me, what do you have in common? I'm like, we're the same height. <laughs> right. That's it. 
Yeah. I'm 180 degrees away from Deanna Troy. So I don't think it had anything to do with me. I'm not sure. I mean, you'd have to ask the writers, really. I, I think basically they just had, they just got a better angle on the character. Yeah. And uh, because when we started, they had no clue what to do with me. Yeah. And so they go, oh, we'll write her out. We don't know what to do with her. Write her out the episode. And that was a little depressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then they kind of, especially once I got an office and I was officially a psychologist and not just sat on the bridge, yeah. you know, saying, Captain, he's hiding something. Yes. Yeah. I think they just got a better handle on the character. Had nothing to do with me as a person right. at all. In fact, they're like, make sure she's nothing like Marina. <laughs> of all the characters, was there anyone that you wish you had more time with? Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> well, yes, everybody wants more time with them to go. But I couldn't because basically she was me. Right, yeah, yeah. But not professionally. Yeah, yeah. She was me behind the bar. She was the barmaid, you know, who listened to your troubles. Well, excuse me, I, that's my job, you know. And so consequently, because we both had the same job, yeah. we didn't get to interact that much. Yes, yeah. So that was what I, I wanted to work with Whoopi more, and I never really got to work with her. It's a shame because I think the two of you would. Sort of well, we got on great as people. Been, yeah, we would yeah. have been great, but no, it was not to be. You talked a bit about like this on stage. Have you seen Discovery? I've seen the first episode, and now that I'm in England and can watch it on Netflix, yes. I will catch the rest. <laughs> yes, yes, it's such you get extra charge over there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You enjoyed the first. You I did. I think they're doing a great job. Yeah. And uh, Jason's a mate, so. Uh, right. Yeah, Jason's a mate, yeah. yeah. Do you use virtual assistant things like, you know, the mobile phones, uh, Alexa and voice activations? No, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't, I don't trust it. Do I'm a total. I have I, no. I don't have an iPad. I have a phone, right? And I have a. I have a. Uh, I have a laptop and a phone. <laughs> and I don't travel with my laptop because I can do everything I need to do on my phone. And I refuse to watch anything on a laptop when I've got a 52 inch television screen at home. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm very old. I'm a total Luddite, which is, I know it's bizarre because I was on Star Trek, but no, I don't. I, those Alexas and things, yeah. I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't. It's like artificial intelligence in your home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those people who believes that the robots are going to kill us one day. <laughs> It's going to be like, it's going to be Battlestar Galactica and the cyborgs are going to take over the world. <laughs> oh, dear. So, one person wanted to know, are you going to show up on the Orville at some point? I am. You are? I awesome. am. This second season. Brilliant. Yes. Can you, can you elaborate as no, well? No, I can't. I'm not allowed to say what part I'm playing, but I am allowed to say that I'm on it. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. Good. Oh, the first season yeah, 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 it's great. It's great. And um, Jonathan was directing. Oh right. Yeah. And apparently they were they had auditioned a bunch of, of actresses for for the role that I played, and they didn't really like any of them. And Johnny and uh, Seth were sitting together, and Seth said, "Well, isn't there you know one of our group?" <laughs> and Jonathan said, "Well, what about Marina?" And Seth said, "Well, I was kind of saving her for something better." <laughs> and Jonathan said, "Oh, don't be ridiculous. Just give her this. Just give her this part." Just give her this part, and the next day I was on the Orville. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Fabulous. Oh, well, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Thank you. If you could do a crossover with Next Generation and one of the other Star Trek shows, have you got a preference for which one you would like to do it with? One that you haven't already crossed over with? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know why? I was on the flagship show. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's yeah. all downhill from there, isn't yeah. it, really? Yeah, that's, that's, and I've that's pissed off a lot of Star Trek fans now by saying that, but the truth hurts. <laughs> Did you have a favourite or least favourite episode to work on? Well, there were a couple of least favourites in the first season. One right. was totally sexist, which was Angel One, and uh, one was totally racist, which was um, Code of Honour. Right. Yeah. yeah, they were horrendous. I mean, we literally would stand on the set going, are we really doing this? Yeah. This is, they just couldn't see. You know, and I always say to people, you know, yes, we were doing about a show about the 24th century, but it was written by 20th century men. Yeah. yeah. They weren't quite as quite advanced there. as we wanted yes. them to be. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's surprising you get no dog missteps. And Gene, God bless him, yeah. was a bit stuck in the 60s. Yes. That was his era, and that's where he felt comfortable. And, of course, yes. we know what the 60s were like. Well, so, yeah. yeah. Right. A couple of final questions. Apart from the Orville, anything else coming up? You have another show coming out which is a show called Titans that I'm on. Right, yes. And uh, I'm doing... Titans as in the DC show? Oh, right, okay. And That's on Netflix over here as well. Is it? Okay, it will be. It will be. Okay. And then uh, going up to Bridlington to do a panto at Christmas. Awesome. <laughs> Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. Okay, well, that would be good. Can you say any more about what you're doing on Titans? Or no. Or is that still a secret? No. Okay, brilliant. And last question. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present or future, other than one you've been on, which show would it be? Absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Great choice. That was probably my favourite show ever. I think Jennifer Saunders and uh, Dawn French are just geniuses, both of them. And I'd love to work with Jennifer Saunders and, of course, the wonderful, timeless Joanna Lumley. Yeah, I I mean, to me, that was a perfect TV show. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming to chat. Thank you, darling. God bless. So that was the interview with Marina Sirtis. Next up, we're going to be chatting with Nana Visitor, who played Kira Norris on Deep Space Nine. Very interesting character, particularly because of the background of sort of somebody coming out of war and the sort of old thing about one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. So we talk a little bit about that and how that might work in today's age. Really interesting to chat with and uh, talk about her character and favourite episodes and all that sort of stuff. So here's the interview with Nana. We'll see you afterwards for the last interview. Thank you for, for spending a little bit of time to talk. My pleasure. Is there a story or a moment which you wish you'd gotten to play out more on the show that you didn't get to play out with? The only thing that I can imagine was I thought there might be an, uh, an interesting storyline with Keiko and O'Brien and having carried their child. And that, you know, it was a fantastic way for me to be able to have my baby in real life. Right. But I feel like once it was out there, that could have been a storyline, although there were many more. Um, and that would have been a very relationship-based one to pursue. But I always thought that would be an interesting one. Yeah, I could see how, uh, how that would work. Yeah. Were there any regular or, or recurring cast on the show that you wish you'd managed to spend more time with, work with, or even guests? Uh, all the guests I got to, I got to work with so many people. Uh, I didn't get to work with Iggy Pop. <laughs> that would have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a show. What do you love most about your character? Uh, is there anything you particularly miss about playing? I miss 
doing that caliber of work with that caliber of cast and it was it was all a joy my character first of all I got to do an arc that lasted seven years I started one place and ended up another and that was a joy as well and to play someone who was flawed and still lovable was such a truthful kind of person to play. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the things with Kira is, is she does have quite an incredible art. Is, is there anything that you think, if they were remaking the show now, do you think there is different ways they may have, may have written that character, the sort of, you know, the stuff with PTSD? You mean... That might be Oh, I think so. I think um, post-traumatic stress would definitely be dealt with. Yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, she would be treated probably more as a soldier now. And the fact that she was a terrorist or freedom fighter, depending upon how yes. you looked at her. Depends on your point of view. Correct? Right. Yeah. Would uh, maybe be pulled back on a little bit. Yeah. I do wonder, I'd love to see how they handle that now. Yeah. Very different. So the, the one question, obviously, with them bringing the Picard series back and then bringing lots of others, if, if they decided to do a revisit to Deep Space Nine, would you be up for hearing on that? If the same writers were involved, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes, you mentioned obviously there's a big art for the character. When it, it, it came to those sort of tweaking and, and changing, did you have any direct input and with the character, with, with the writers, the writers look at what you were doing with the character and sort of push it in a particular direction? Well, it kind of happens all at once. Yeah. And certainly the situations that she was put in, there were certain things that made emotional sense to me. So usually we were in agreement of how that should go. Yeah. Were there anything that you particularly do as a as a person that maybe got folded into the role? Because I I know with things like um, on the next generation you've got uh, Jonathan plays a trombone and they kind of bring that into it. Were there any of that sort of? Well, thing? certainly me singing right. in in the Hollow Suite that that was from my own life because I've done a lot of Broadway. Right. So they did bring that in, and uh, there was a lot. There, there, there became a meshing. Kira taught me a lot and changed me in many ways. And I know that I had an effect on the character, of course, as well. Yeah. What was your favorite or least favorite episode to work on? Well, to work on, to work on my favorite would probably be the um, Dr. Bashir, I presume. Right. The, the Bond takeoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just so much fun. That was just so much fun to shoot not fun to shoot was duet but it is one of my favorite episodes and when I saw it I was amazed at how it came out and what I learned and it was very very challenging and uh, challenged my ideas it was early on and it challenged my ideas of who Kira was and having to come up against some hard truths about her yeah Kind of interesting learning stuff that you know you're playing the role and you suddenly kind of start to learn things about about who she is. Like life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. You learn as you go. Were there sort of bachelor doing some motivations that you had in your head for Kira that maybe aren't represented on screen? But was there any specific sort of things that you came up with as things that happened in maybe Kira's life as a way of sort of drawing? 
Well, I, I kind of explain it like this. It's like I pixelate. Uh, if you if you're drawn back and you're looking at the whole picture, it looks like a picture. Yeah, yeah. But what I do is I go so close that it's little dots. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not trying to tell a whole story. I'm telling a momentary truth. Yeah. Which is usually connected to emotion so that's the way I worked on her and the way I work in general right yeah obviously there's there's discovery out at the moment have you I can't remember whether you talked about this on stage did you have you seen I've seen three of them yes that's right yes if if there was some way to pop up somewhere else in the Star Trek universe it's maybe not as clear as oh probably not yeah no, I'd probably want to be Kira. You want to be Kira? Yeah. 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 I, I guess you get such a close connection with you. Yeah. So one of the questions we've got to ask you all the, all the people is, you know how uh, Star Trek has sort of inspired a lot of uh, technology like the virtual oh, yeah. assistants and Alexa yeah. and uh, Google assistants and that sort of stuff. Do you use any of those, like iPads and that sort of thing? Yeah, all of it. And I often think of the moment I was in ops and I think I was talking to the doctor yeah. on some planet and I, I dropped it and looked at someone, I can't remember, it was another actor, and I said, can you imagine if this was real? <laughs> if we could if we could actually do this? Yeah, yeah. And here we are. Yeah. It's really remarkable. Yeah. No, it is, it's crazy. Yeah. The technology I, 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 always, Leaps. I always think that everybody involved in Star Trek at whatever level should at least get a cut of every single smart device <laughs> sold. But we have to imagine it and yeah. imagine that it works and then we can do it. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. And that's our, that's our part in it is yeah. the storytelling part. Yeah. Telling people the story that it's possible. Yeah, yeah. You just didn't walk to I think, right? <laughs> that's all. Can you imagine? Yeah, that, that, I'd be very happy with that. That, that, uh, that, that would be very cool. What are you working on at the moment? Have you got anything else coming up right now? Yes, I have a film that uh, doesn't have a name coming out and also uh, one called A Bread Factory that's about to yes. premiere in uh, L.A. and New York at the end of this month. Awesome. So that's fun, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Looking forward to it. Yeah. Last question. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future, not one that you've worked on, which one would it be? Ah, there are so many. I would have been involved in about last night or Ray Donovan, Game of Thrones. There's so many that I would have loved to have been involved. There's so much good television, so much, and so many that I didn't name. Yeah, there's almost too much sometimes when you... Too much. Yeah. It's, it's difficult filtering it all out sometimes when you find one particular show. It's true. What are you watching at the moment? I am not watching any... Well, no, that's not true. I am watching The Affair. Ah, yes, yeah. Yeah. Good series. Yeah, very good. Oh, and the other thing I would ask, how was it reprising your character for Star Trek Online? Oh, so fun. So fun. Yeah. Is that, is that you, you recording individual lines or you working with any of the other... No, it was just me in the room. That would have been too much fun. <laughs> then I'd have to pay them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for... You're so time. welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. So that was the interview with Nana. I hope you enjoyed that. The last interview 
was with the very, very lovely Terry Farrell, who played Jadzia Dax on Deep Space Nine. She was uh, utterly wonderful. I really loved talking to Terry. She was great. She talked a bit about her husband, Adam. Her husband, Adam, is Adam Nimoy, son of Leonard Nimoy. She actually ended up marrying the son of one of the most famous Star Trek actors of all time. So we talk a bit about her character on the show, her favourite episodes, uh, things she enjoyed on the show. So all that kind of stuff. Here's the interview with Terry. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you for spending a little bit of time. Out of sure. your very busy. I mean, it's been just people in and out. It's chaos, that. right? Yeah, yeah, it's chaos. You actually touched a bit with this on stage, actually. One of the questions came from a, a trans woman who uh, said the episode with the, uh, the first sort of gay kiss one of the first day cases on TV meant quite a lot to her. She wanted to know whether any people in the production that were sort of strongly for or against it and can you remember what the media reaction was like to it around the time? Sure. The crew guys were, you know, a little lascivious about it. They were like, all like, yeah, we got to see this. So that was guys. And um, I think what was interesting because I didn't know the word pansexual at the time because Dax had been with aliens and you know, like, yeah. what is that? It's just sort of all over the place. It was, she was really adventurous, I would say, yes. ha- ahead of her time. Maybe not really, but in awareness of what that actually meant. But what was so exciting for me was to represent friends of mine. Right. Right. I yeah, felt yeah. like I got to stick up for my friends and that it was so well done and respectful. And it was really about the caring not about our sex it was about caring because in a past life i was her husband right yeah, yeah. so the point is there's that piece of dax that's holding the memory of tobin dax yeah, yeah. not that judzia dax was in love with her it was tobin that was yeah. coming back out and it didn't matter that it that I was in yeah. a female body. And that's what, to me, felt so brilliant about it. And, and so that was a really big, I was really proud and a big moment for me that I felt like I was doing something that was the Star Trek kiss to the original yeah, yeah, series. Yeah. Yeah. So with Ohora and Chatter and Paul. <laughs> Yeah. And Kirk. And um, so what was unfortunate was, though, they showed it on the East Coast. And as people realized what the show was about, yeah. they preempted it. Right. Yeah. And it was crazy because it felt like, uh, how are we in a time yeah. then, even then, that it was preemptible? Yeah. What did we do? Yeah. No one took their clothes off. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it was just crazy to me that some people took such offense. Yeah. And so hopefully that episode was something that helped move it along. Yeah. 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 So, were there stories or a, a moment you uh, wished you'd gotten to play on the show that you that was never, you know, never quite got written for you and you wish you kind of managed to? Yeah, I was never in the stuff with um, James Darren, the whole stuff with Vic Damone. Oh, and Nana saying, well, there's this whole other kind of place that they went to. Oh, right. Okay. In like the Rat Pack era. Oh, right. Okay. And I was never in that stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the mirror thing. I was like in it, but just a tiny bit. Yeah. So it was like, oh, well, I wish I was in that more. Yeah. 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 yeah that would have been interesting. Yeah. Whether either permanent cast or recurring cast, the. Uh, you wish you managed to get more time with as well. Was Q ever on the 
Morning Show. I don't remember you. Part of me like feels like he was on an episode, and I didn't get to Maybe be with him. And I have a feeling he was. I always wish my relationship with Nana's character would have been deeper. Like there was a time when it was a little bit um, kind yeah. of gossipy, yeah, but yeah. not real. Like I, I would have thought that we played such strong characters, strong women, that we had this opportunity to bond in a deeper way than who are you dating kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. That always kind of bothered me. It was like, really? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of boring and average. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Can you think of a particular funny or crazy experience you've had while you were shooting it? Uh, I'm sure there are lots, but any particular kind of like... I can't think of something specific, but whenever I worked with Cullum, he always cracked me up. It was just, it felt like he did it purposefully. Probably. Right? You know what I mean? Uh, That didn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, I love that about him. It was like maddening because it was like, oh, I got to keep a straight face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it was hard enough for me with my techno babble. I didn't need someone messing with my head on top of it, but I always liked working with him. Um, I don't know. It's so hard. It was so serious. And I always had such hard dialogue. Yeah. I mean, it was super rare that I got to have a, just a, you know, an average conversation and just. Is that sort of the worst thing about playing a kind of science character in, in Star Trek? Is the amount yeah. of just, yeah. what is this? <laughs> the rest of Massive techno babble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, what's crazy is that once it came out right, yeah. and I'd see it back, I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was really awesome to hear it back. It was awesome to say it and have it come off right, you know what yeah. I mean? But there were times I, they changed it at the last minute, and it would be like, oh, my brain's going to implode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just an interesting character, because they have lots of different lives. Did you have a sort of backstory in your head so you could pull kind of elements I think out, I had, even if it wasn't on screen? I had too much of a backstory. Right. Okay. Right? So I had to try to uh, simplify it and get in my head just to be in the moment and trust what was written for me. And then that sent me along my way. And it was really hard at first because I was trying to figure out how do I play all these things? And um, eventually I had a coach and uh, she was like, you just got to play the moment. And she kept telling me to add the humor in. They were like telling me to take it out. And she was like, no, 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 it's working. Don't listen to them. Just keep doing it. And so I did. Yeah. That was the interesting thing with that character. She did have an amazing cheeky sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really cute. Thank you. (laughs) One of the questions you wanted to know, do you use virtual assistants, things like Alexa and uh, the things that you used to have on Star Trek and are now kind of in real life like iPads and and the virtual assistants and things like Google Assistant and and Alexa? Yeah, Yeah, we have Alexa at home. Yeah. And I couldn't live without my phone, i.e. computer, phone, camera, computer. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I don't know what I do without my iPad. And I do have my computer and our house is going to, Adam's building, Adam and I are building a house and it's going to be a smart house, which is like, oh my God, this is amazing. So it's crazy, but yeah. I have to say, marrying the son of one of the most famous Star Trek actors is dedication to the franchise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's There comes a responsibility with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was really this year as well, wasn't it? Yeah, this year we got married in March. Yeah. On, on Leonard's birthday, March 26th. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
highest level. Yeah, thank you. Um, if they brought Deep Space Nine back for a miniseries, because they are starting to seemingly look at, at, at things like that. Things like that. Would you be up for? Well, oh, if, if I mean, I know it's difficult with your character because technically, I think she's dead. But you know what? But. but but you know what? Spock Makeup. died and came back. Yeah, Spock died and came back. You could you, you could just could. pretend it didn't happen, and then I'm just there. Yeah, the seventh season was a dream, and here I am. Yeah, suddenly. Which I think also keeps everybody else intact I'm, as well. The easiest thing is stick a pair of Vulcan ears on you and <laughs> yeah, do it that <laughs> make way. me a Vulcan this time. Yeah, yeah make you a Vulcan, make you a Bajor. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm sure they'd come up with something clever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know I didn't want to go. It yeah, was, yeah, it became principal. But um, yeah, of course I would. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions that people want to know is because there's the, the other mm-hmm. space show that's quite close Star Trek time with is the Orville. Okay. Any chance of you maybe popping up on that? Oh you? my gosh. I was just saying to Nana and, and to Marina, I'm like, am I the only person that <laughs> Seth MacFarlane hasn't met? Because it seems like everybody's been on one of his shows except for me. Yeah. I would love to be on the Orville. It would be crazy. Yeah. yeah. It would be crazy. And I'm a huge fan of his. He's hilarious. Oh, And my, you know, it's crazy. I think my son and I have seen every uh, episode of, it's a while ago now, but um, Family Guy. And what's the other one? Uh, American Dad. Thank you. I was going to say American Dad, and I'm like, no, that seems too normal. (laughs) It seems too normal to say that. But yeah. Yeah. One last question. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future, which show? Oh my God, that's so hard. I know know it's really hard, particularly when you're jet (laughs) lagged. Well, I always thought if you're going to do a remake of Murphy Brown, I should be her, but. Yeah, they're doing that again doing so that, yeah. that's too oh, that's so hard I've always wanted to do a period piece okay so um, I love Downton Abbey <laughs> yeah. and I would have loved to do something like that or be part of the Queen or I mean um, you know some like real drama yeah in, in, a, t- in a time a period piece yeah. would be amazing I mean if it was medieval yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones it's too late they're over yeah uh, <laughs> there's another series coming so potentially so. oh my god that would be so amazing yeah, I just love series, period so. I yeah Sword in the Stone was one of my first books. I, Sword in the Stone and Dracula were the first two novels my mom gave me when yeah, I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, the other one that you did have an in with was Hell on Wheels. And that's a sort of American period piece with comes in that. Oh, right. So, exactly. Yeah. Don't fancy American. Not the West. Not the West. No, yeah. no, no, no. You, no. You want the dresses. I want the dresses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd want to be in England. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere with more... No, it's not like there isn't grit in the West. It's just, I don't know. It, that's not fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, to make these guys yeah. here. You want something different. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be a cowboy. Although, you know what? I wouldn't mind being... Um, there's a women's... The woman from Downton Abbey is uh, uh, on her own show, too. And I... I I keep being told that I need to try it. The Netflix one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yes. Uh, I can't think of it. uh, Yes. But otherwise, a half-hour show. If I had a dream come true job because I still have a 14-year-old, it would be a half-hour show in L.A. Because I would still be able to have my life and my family. 
thank you for thank you. For You're welcome. Chatting for a bit. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that was the interview with Terry Farrell. That's the last of the Star Trek interviews. There are a couple more which have gone up as text interviews. They'll be up on the website. If they're not there yet, they will be there soon. So go and check out the others as well. Hope you enjoyed those. Here's some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> Highlights for next week on TV. Lots of stuff coming back. We're into that October month of a lot of new shows. There is a huge list this week again. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, season 15 of that coming to Sky Witness. That's on the 24th of October at 9pm. I've never watched an episode, but I know people out there love it. So yeah, I will know, watch they... that. I will be watching that. Yes. Uh, speaking of long-running series, Law & Order SVU on its 20th season now. I, I think that's that's almost level with with the original law and order at this point so 24th of october and 9 p.m for that on universal so going up against Grey's anatomy that is straight after Grey's anatomy you have 911 season two that is arriving on the 24th of october at 10 p.m i really like the first season of that yeah uh, really good so good yeah and i i'm glad they're not waiting to bring it back i'm glad they're they're running straight into the second season with it it's it's a really interesting show so uh out of those procedurals i think that's definitely the one i'd recommend uh there is a comedy called sally forever coming from julia davis that's coming to uh sky atlantic that comes to on the 25th of october at 10 p.m that's been trailered everywhere so i'm sure you've seen stuff about that yeah and then over on more four berlin station that's arriving on more four on the 25th of october at 9 p.m uh stars richard armitage in a caa spy series set in the german capital looks really good this it's uh one of those shows made by epics in the u.s which is taking forever to get over here i think they're already on the third season over in the u.s so i'm very happy that that's finally landed somewhere i'm very much looking forward to seeing that but that's on more four on the 25th of october at 9 p.m it's called berlin station and some Something else that's been trailered everywhere, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That is uh, on Netflix on the 26th of October that arrives. This is the new take on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Interestingly, even though Riverdale isn't directly connected to it, they've gone a bit supernatural on Riverdale this season as well, which is kind of interesting. And I'm not sure whether that was sort of planned because Sabrina was planned as being a companion series and then it wasn't directly a companion series because it ended up on Netflix rather than on the CW. So uh, I don't know whether there is going to be any kind of connection or, or whether it's just they wrote it that way and then decided not to change it on uh, on Riverdale. Yeah. It's just there. It was, I remember it saying their intention that they're in the same universe um, but not necessarily going to have crossovers, something like that. Yeah, so. I mean, so that because it was it was originally pitched as a to the CW as a companion series and then Netflix offered them two seasons and probably more money to do it. So it ended up on Netflix instead. So uh, there is still a kind of connection, but I, I don't know whether we're going to ever see any crossovers with it because although both of them are on Netflix internationally, in America, Riverdale is on the CW and Sabrina is on Netflix. So difficult to know whether they're ever going to manage to cross cross those over. But uh, yeah, it is supposedly in the same universe. So we'll see. Yeah. 26th of October for that. On the 28th of October, we've got a show called The Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. That's coming to Netflix. This is, uh, Hassan Minaj is hilarious. If you haven't seen his uh, stand up on Netflix, it's well worth watching. But he's next daily show correspondent and 
he's doing a new weekly series, which is sort of looking at, you know, the Daily Show type stuff. You know, it's modern culture, political landscape, doing it as a, as a weekly comedy show. So um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what this is like, because I think the stuff he did on The Daily Show and his stand up was superb. So uh, Patriot Act, that's called, and that's 28th of October that arrives. Then Criminal Minds, season 14, that's on Sky Witness on the 29th of October at 9pm. Then we have Condor, that's coming for first season on Universal TV, 29th of October at 9pm as well. Uh, That's a spy drama about CIA analyst who stumbles onto a terrible but brilliant plan that threatens the lives of millions. Could be worth a watch, I don't know much about that show, so uh, that's on Universal TV, 29th of October. Reluctant Landlord, which uh, comes onto Sky One, that's its first season, 30th of October at 10pm. Reluctant Landlord stars Ramesh Ranganathan, man forced by his mum to take over his late dad's pub, very reluctantly, obviously. They've been trailing this on Sky One, does look quite funny. So, uh, as it, It's already been approved for a second season, I read somewhere as well, probably could, on our website. <laughs> yes, could, could very well have been, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it looks like it's going to be quite funny, that show. And uh, then there's coming to Fox on the 30th of October at 10.30, there is a show called People of Earth. It's a comedy about a support group for alien abductees and uh, looks very, very funny. Unfortunately, it got cancelled after two seasons. So although they're pitching it on Fox UK as a new show, it's actually already been cancelled in the US, which is unfortunate. Uh... So bear that in mind if you're going to go and watch it. But uh, it does look like it could be quite funny. So... Um, um, do with that what you will but uh, 30th of October at 10.30 a people of earth that is called and uh, that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you want to add in uh, no I mean I am looking forward I might be going to see the Marvel Avengers uh, station which is an exhibition that ah. will be coming up so I'm hopefully going to go and see that later on in the month and uh, next time I'm on I can obviously give you a review of that and uh, they we're also looking I'm looking at trialling and reviewing an app called My Film, which um, I've been asked to have a play around with and then let our readers and people on the website know if they'd like to use this. My Film Club, which is an app for every cinema go. But I will play with that and then I'll review it and let people know on the website. So Ah, yes. I'm aware of the My Film Club app, but uh, yes, worth having a look at, I think. Yes. And uh, the Avengers Station thing, which uh, opens in London later on this month, I may be going down to, to that as well. So we'll let you know. Yes, that. excellent. If you want to find Gray throughout the week, you can find him at Gray the Geek on Twitter. Go and find Gray there. And uh, for us throughout the week, you can find us on geektown.co.uk to see all the latest air date information and news. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. And don't forget, you can find us on Spotify just Google Geek Town Radio on Spotify you can find us on there as well now that's everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. 
It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.